away for a long time. Yeah. I'm not counting how many months. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, I know how many months. It's been five. I don't like that. Yeah, I know. Um, Our lives have been crazy, uh, as we said on our Instagram post, but we're so excited. And for those who may be new to the podcast, hello, I'm Maria. I'm Laura. And we're the new witches, bitches. (laughs) I promise that's the first time I've done our intro like that. I apologize. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're really excited to be back. Um, I guess we'll just do kind of like a quick catch up on what we've been up to yeah do you want to go first um yeah so you know how uh gavin and i just keep doing stuff well we did it literally literally and i am over eight months pregnant right now (laughs) (laughs) um Yes, so that has been a thing, and uh, so I will be, as they say in Spanish, giving light. I'll be giving birth in November. What's your official due date again? My official due date is November seventeenth. Okay, the um, like a couple weeks ago, I like randomly, my brain was just going through a bunch of different things, and you popped up. And all of a sudden, like with it, I had in my head eleven twenty three. But I was like, oh. is that a date or a time? I don't know. Okay, so, so. I got I got a dream saying that the baby was born eleven eleven. And I'm not sure if in my dream I was talking about the date or the time. So let's see. So we shall see if any of those numbers um actually come up. Pops up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For now, um, baby has been stuck in breach, which has been mm-hmm. super fun. Um, mm. <laughs> Gavin is just flipping me all which ways to try to flip the baby and not in the th- nice fun way in which we made the mm-hmm. baby. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but alas, yeah, we're doing we're, it's like the church of spinning babies over here in this house. Um, we're just trying to get this baby to flip. I'm like very skeptical, not of spinning babies. I've heard many success stories, but I just think yeah. my baby is just going to stay where they're at. So there's actually a pretty high potential of me having a C-section, mm-hmm. um, which I'm nervous about, but baby is healthy. Yeah. Uh, we don't know the gender either. Mm-hmm. So we're really looking forward to that surprise. So yeah, this baby just keeps on surprising us. I love yeah. that. They're already mm-hmm. showing their personality. And it's so funny because I refer to the baby as like they, them, obviously, because I don't know the gender yet. I feel like a lot of people in, are, is, are used to hearing it when you don't know the gender. And I, that feels so weird to me. feels like um, such an object. Exactly. I'm it. like, it's not an it. It's my child. And they will yeah. present their themselves when they're born. We'll see what, what sex they've been assigned. Um and I just I did I didn't want to like gender norm them before they're mm-hmm. even born. I wanted to get as much like gender neutral stuff to begin with. Um, yeah. And also, like to each their own. I you know if you're into gender reveals, okay. But 
that was important to me. Um, yeah. was to keep the, the sex of the baby a surprise until they come earthside. Um, but yeah, uh, people have been making their guesses though. Yeah. It's really interesting to hear what people think the baby is going to be and why. Oh, interesting. It's interesting that people that go by like, oh, I just have a feeling or belly shape or because of what right. you're craving or just all these different things. Like old wives tales. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of people have been having um, fun trying to guess, but we shall see. Yeah. there's. I mean, whatever your guess is, there's a 50% chance you're right. <laughs> Well, I mean, not technically. There's always the small percentage that they are intersex. That's true. So a little so. less than 50%. Still pretty good odds, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like you have a wiener inside of you. Really? Well, you I don't know. know. When you think about it, I, I, I saw that tweet um, the other day. It was hilarious, and I wish I could remember who wrote it to credit them. Um, but they're like, when you think about it, um, every everyone who's been told to grow a pair, every pair out there has been grown by a woman. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. That's quite true. So that you could be growing a pair. I could be growing a pair. When you first told me, I initially felt very like girl energy Mm -hmm. and then later just kind of in talking about your baby I started saying he in a way that felt very like well that's what she's having and who knows a similar thing has happened um to me as well where I thought right away it was going to be a girl and then I started Mm -hmm. just like accidentally instead of using they them like just going he him Mm-hmm. Um, it, would, it would just slip and I'm not sure if I felt like it was correct or not right I've kind of gone back to trying to be as gender neutral as possible um, yeah and just leave it as a surprise yeah everyone on my uh, in my family not everyone but like most people think it's gonna be a girl um so yeah we'll, we'll just we'll see they're going to be perfect, whoever they are. I know. I'm so excited to meet them. They're going to be so cute. Um, but yeah, uh, very, very nervous about the C-section. Um, there is still time for a baby to flip. And mm-hmm. I really hope they do. But I've also kind of made peace with, you know, the, if, if they don't. Yeah. I'm. I, at first, I was really devastated at just like the prospect of having to have a C-section. Um, just cause obviously it's like a major surgery and then it felt like I was going to lose all of the golden hour stuff, but, um, mm-hmm. I did speak with the OB and luckily in my hospital, like their, their standard default is just doing gentle cesareans. Mm-hmm. And if you're a mom or mom to be, or you've, you've given birth, um, you might know what a gentle cesarean is. It's pretty cool if you haven't heard of it. Um, it's just a way to try to make the experience more intimate and not so like sterile or medical feeling. Yeah. Um, and so that was really encouraging to hear and that helped ease my nerves about it. I just still am not crazy about the spinal 
anesthesia is what freaks me out the most truly like i'm at yeah. this point i'm fine that they're gonna cut through eight layers of tissue to get to baby i've made peace with that like i'm like whatever i'm not gonna feel the pain of it but it's that spine the spinal anesthesia that i'm like yeah. <laughs> and i can't and i can't have gavin with me at that point oh really yeah, Gavin will come after I receive the spinal anesthesia. They were like telling me like the order oh. of things and how they do it. Um, and they do try to get Gavin there as, as soon as possible, but, be, but they need to keep everything as sterile as possible, I guess, during my spinal anesthesia. Right. I'm not sure. But he comes after I receive it. So I'm probably just going to be crying in the arms of some nurse while yeah. it happens. <laughs> we'll get through it. We'll Which get through it. I bet you'll have if, – if- if it comes to that, I imagine whatever nurse is there is going to be the most compassionate, yeah, understanding and willing to hold you. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they see, they see so many people go through that that I don't know. That's just it's what my heart tells me. Yeah, and I feel like that's you know nurses are so amazing. Um, I mean, all medical professionals are heroes, but nurses, man. Um, yeah. And the way that the OB talked about the gentle cesarean, they're like, oh, the nurses are very protective of your experience. Yeah. In there. So, you know, he, he assured me I'd be in good hands. Um, okay. Yeah. So, anywho, that's that on me. <laughs> What's yeah. been well, going and on you're officially life. on leave, right? Oh, yeah. I'm on leave. I have been. Um, since the 17th, October 17th, it's been wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad you're getting some time off, like, ahead of, not, like, some people will go, like, a week before their due date or something. Oh, yeah. And honestly, most, not every woman, but most of the women that I've talked to that have done that, like, regret not taking more time off. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it does come down to, like can can you afford it right um i mean for me i'm in california and i get you know state disability um insurance for for pregnancy disability Mm -hmm. and um yeah so i i I can't afford for some of my wages to be a little minimized and so people just can't Mm -hmm. afford to do that right I mean, it's like you get 60 to 70% of your pay, but that's your gross pay. Yeah. So it's not like from like your take-home pay. It's your gross pay. Which so is good. <laughs> you know, which is good. Oh, my God. Seriously. Um, but, you know, if it's a little under what you are used to getting, then that's, you know. Yeah. Not, that can, you know. Uh, the, it's a very, listen. It's a we have a very broken system here in the U.S. Um, God, I don't need to delve into the details on why most people know why, but um, supporting new parents is just non-existent. Like they make it so stressful. Yeah, like as stressful as possible, and all the different leaves that I can I I need to try to like stack. It took me I think a good two months just to understand these stipulations of each and every leave that was available to me, which Mm -hmm. ones actually paid, which ones were just for job protection, which ones could start when, 
how which ones I could like overlap or not. It was truly a jigsaw puzzle just to conceptually understand how long right. my leave would be. And I'm lucky that not only do I have the disability insurance to do pregnancy disability and recover from the birth, but California also gives us the paid family leave for bonding. Yeah. On top of that, my work um my work covers the recovery period and another bonding period that I can so it's kind of all these leaves just stacked together. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. So but still like I think in total I will be off for like about five and a half months mm-hmm. with everything that's available to me. And then I see people from like Canada, like, oh, I got 18 months or a, a year. I know. They just have to apply for the one thing and they just get their wages for that amount of time. Or you hear like, you know, in Scandinavia or all these other countries where right. they're just like, oh, we get a long ass time yeah. <laughs> to recover and bond with baby. And we, we just have to apply for the one thing through our government and not have to worry about staying. It's like, it's almost, it's like a part-time job understanding yeah. all the leaves and having to apply for it. And it's like, I have to apply through the state. And then I also have to alert my leave administrator at my work who then refers me to this thing called matrix, which I know a lot of people use just yep. this third party that manages that actually manages the leave more hands-on and yep. There's so many different like parties of people that I have to um, touch base with throughout multiple times throughout my leave. Um, and I've also seen it with my with my mom who's been on um, some disability leave from work, obviously not from motherhood for different reasons. Um, yeah. but the stress of her having to constantly like reapply and you know, insurance being like, but do you really still need this? And her having to yeah. repeatedly defend why she needs to still be on leave. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know, Canela, it sucks, right? <laughs> She's like, no, it sucks that you're not getting any attention. I don't understand this. <laughs> Anyways. And that's my soapbox. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I can piggyback off of that because um, from whence we last recorded, I was on leave from work. Right. Yeah. Um, God, even like the, it wasn't a lot of leave. It was just a bit, but fuck, that was so annoying to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's really stressful. Medical leave and then became personal leave. And I was like, I gave my time for this is how long I'm going to be on leave for, basically. I didn't mm-hmm. think about it, but I just gave us that time. And during that time, I was being contacted saying, are you going to come back? When are you coming back? <laughs> when are you coming back? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Even when I was on the medical leave, they were checking in. And I was like, I remember talking to my therapist about it. And she was like, are you kidding me? Like, she was upset that yeah. I was contacted. And I was like, I... anyway, so that played a big 
role in my decision to quit my job mm-hmm. <laughs> amongst other things because I had a I had kind of a rough beginning of the year uh, mentally which led to the the medical leave mm-hmm. and at that same exact time was when the parent company came in and did like massive layoffs yep our company and my team in particular they basically told us you're no longer part of bionic you are ours and we don't really know what we're going to do with you yet so all of us were in limbo of are we going to be redistributed to other brands that like we don't care like we're here for bionic we're not here Mm -hmm. we love being customer service and um you know, they got, they fired our boss who I really liked and I thought mm-hmm. did a really good job. So I was surprised at that decision and initially fired our supervisor as well. Um, I shouldn't say fired because it sounds so aggressive. They were laid off, laid off, laid off. Yes. Um, but then they, then they told the supervisor she could stay and there was beef there. Um, there was drama. She should have she should she should have been fired prior to all this for her behavior. But anyway, Mm. so that I didn't like. I kind of that made me think, what is their decision process? Because this doesn't make any sense. Um, And then I had a meeting with someone one on one to kind of go over what to expect and Though they were really nice, the main vibe I got was it is only a matter of time before we're laid off as well. This is just a formality and a nicety that we're being acquired. And one by one, they're going to they're going to lay us off. And um, my therapist and I were talking about it. And with everything that was going on, she was like, you just don't need this. If you can do something else, you mm-hmm. should do it. And so I quit. And um since then I've stayed in touch with people and they have indeed laid off more people from my team. Good people, good people that they should have kept. Um, and I, I'm glad I, I left when I did, but just kind of a rocky start to the year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was diagnosed with OCD, which is really fun. Um, so I've been on medication for that. That How's has helped going? a lot. Oh, good. It's helped a ton. Um, I even more recently was kind of talking with my doctor and said, I kind of feel like I could go up more because they start you at a really low dose and then they kind of like right. up it slowly. And yeah. um, I was like, I feel like I could go up a little bit more, but I think also I'm, I'll, I just want to stay where I'm at right now for a while and see how that goes Mm -hmm. and it's been really interesting because it's helped me actually almost like take a pause and actually I I had no idea that I had OCD and now I have moments where before I engage in any sort of um, OCD type behavior it allows me to kind of take a pause and see it Mm. and recognize it and it's shit that I was like thought that was just a weird quirk of mine or like I didn't even think of it and then I started noticing it and that's how it started in therapy with my therapist she would like 
we talk about something and I'd mention something just like off the cuff and she'd be like, well, hang on, wait a second. Let's talk about that. And I'd be like, well, I don't, isn't that just a thing? If something sits out for like five minutes too long, the food is bad, but it doesn't look bad. So you have to put it in the fridge until it actually molds before you can throw it away. Is that not a thing? She's like, no, oh. no, it's, it's not, a, it's not, a th- it's a thing, but it's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. well, you made it a thing. <laughs> I made it a thing. Um, but that's like just one tiny example of, of stuff that came up and anyway. Um, so that was helpful. So I started a new job. It was initially like once a week. Now I'm full time. Mm-hmm. Um, at working at a men's store, I'm working with my best friend. It's her, her dad's store, the men's store. And it took me a, a minute to not feel like I took a major step back career wise. Cause I worked there like 10 years ago, nine years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really a job that goes anywhere. It's, they have two stores. And that's it. You're just working at a store. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not you're just working at a store. It's very, it's a very valid job, but it's not yeah. what I had envisioned for myself. But it's been good for me. Um, good. Because I don't know when you're working with people that you know so so well, it just allows you to work in, on a different level. The stress isn't really what it is at other places, you know. There is something to be said, honestly, like I think, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to just validate your decision to do that and do what's best for you. And I feel like there's often so much pressure that if you, you know, whatever new career endeavor that you take on, it has to be lateral or better or Mm -hmm. honestly, it just has to feel right to you. Yeah. And some of the best times of my life with work have been, had had nothing to do with graphic design. I mean, I love graphic design, but there was one time where I I didn't quit graphic design, but I was working on a farm. (laughs) Literally (laughs) left, I left my first like post-college job, which was in the creative field. And they could only offer me part-time. And so I picked up a part-time job at a farm um, just because it sounded different and fun. And it was really therapeutic and I found so much joy in it. And it it felt like that step back of like, I'm not following my career though, but it's what I needed at the time. I eventually went full-time on that farm job. I was there for a year and a half. And then I left and then I had a stint of a few months where I kind of helped them out part-time with some customer service stuff because it was one of those CSA farms where you have a subscription to like a meat box or a veggie box. Yeah. Um, that Those times were so great and um, there was so much healing then when it was good. So I eventually did leave because it was no longer good. But, yeah, you know, it's like it's it's you have to have a very good – self-awareness I think you always need to honor that whatever your needs are and whatever chapter you're at in your life like just as there are seasons with 
loves and friends and your own personal growth, there's going to be seasons in your career as well. And I think that's totally great that you made that move for yourself. Thank you. And I really appreciate you saying all that because I struggled with it for a little bit, but then did try to keep telling myself that it wasn't permanent, one. And two, I just, the whole reason I I went on leave, well, a big part of it was I just had this overwhelming feeling of I need a break. Mm -hmm. I just need a break. And I will, I will say, um, I don't know why I, that's not that I'm being secretive. I don't know what it is. I've held it very close, but I mentally was in a, a pretty dark place at the beginning of the year. And, um, I, I hope you don't hear that. That's Bishop whining. Well, he said that you were in a dark place. He really was <laughs> <laughs> sweet Bishop. Um, <laughs> I was, at a place where I just was so overwhelmed with feelings and I was really, I was feeling really depressed and Mm. um, I started to realize that in my moments of just letting my mind wander, that I was doing certain things that were red flags, like drafting a letter to my husband about why I was no longer with him and things that I very fortunately was in a cognizant of enough to be able to call my doctor right away and say, I, I need to be seen because I don't want to go down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, meeting with my therapist, it was very much, it was like, it's, I don't want to leave. I want a break. I just really need a break from thinking about things, from feeling things and moving on to this job is essentially that it's more of a literal taking a break from some of the bigger adult stressors in life of dealing with working for someone you don't know, having the answer to someone that maybe you don't totally respect, Mm -hmm. um, to allow myself to deal with other feelings, you know, it makes it so that I can actually go to a job where it's, I don't feel stressed out about going to work. It's whatever. Either I'm, I'm carpooling with my best friend and we're going to spend a day together or I, you know, days when I'm not working with her, it's like, whatever, I'm just going to work. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is, it is worth it to be able to have that for a bit. But on the other side of that, um, I've been talking with Jess Moore, our, our astrologer. Oh, yeah. And she, she and I met working at the store years ago. And, you know, I don't think I ever knew that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew that you guys had worked together previously, but I didn't realize it was at the store. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, we worked two days a week together, Fridays and Saturdays. And the first day we met, we got along and she mentioned that she did astrology and she said, well, give me your info and I'll, I'll, we'll go over your chart tomorrow. 
And I was like, okay. She's so and great. <laughs> second shift together, I walk in and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> and starts going on and on about my chart and like how similar we are. And that was my first impression of Jess. It's just her overwhelming excitement of astrology and connection. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big reason why she and I have stayed friends all this time. It's just, that's who she is. But she would always, outside of astrology, tell me, you know, when it comes to the store, just don't get stuck here. It's a good place to be for a period of time, but don't get stuck here. Because when you work for people that you consider like extended family, sometimes you feel um, like you have to stay. And you care, you may not care about your job, but you care about the business because of the people it's connected to. And she's like, that's yeah. fine, but don't get stuck. And so now that I'm back, she's kind of been reminding me of that. But the layer to that is that she is now offering in-person astrology classes that I've been so happy to be able to go to. And this last one that she did was on moon signs. And she gives you like all this personalized information and she was making the connection of your moon and where it is in your chart to mm -hmm. what your purpose is in life and what you should be doing, especially career wise mm. and things like that. And um, she basically she was like, again, Laura, don't get stuck at the store because that's not your purpose. And she made me realize that my purpose, what aligns best with it is podcasting. So that was a big reason for me to, because I got to a point where I was like, I'm just having a hard time again, like prioritizing everything in my life. What do I do first? Mm. My mental health comes first, my physical health, which has been a bitch lately. I have arthritis, by the way. Just oh, let's health. just add that to the mix. Exactly. Oh, babe. <laughs> I'm like, my Halloween costume changed. <laughs> Domino. <laughs> She's so upset about it too. No, oh, even Canella can hear it from my headphones. She's like, oh. <laughs> where's that dog? That dog's at, at like 30 minutes away. Chillax. <laughs> Domino? That's nothing. Literally nothing. Meanwhile, I'm checking my camera. Make sure it's nothing. Oh, yeah. A car went by. Oh, that happened with Canela. So when she was littler, she wasn't really sensitive to the doorbell at all. And then as she got bigger, she started getting sensitive to door knocking, the doorbell. Um, but as soon as somebody walks through, she's like super excited. She's not like, I'm going to attack you. Um, yeah. She just is like, oh, a friend. But oh my God, yeah. the other day, lately, I, I don't know if it's because I'm pregnant. So she's feeling more on like, high alert yeah she'll have been a little more hyper vigilant but any little thing will set her off now and the other day it was just a delivery truck driving by she started like her hairs went up yeah on her spine and then i called her back we were hanging out on the couch i called her back to the couch and she's like trying to decompress but she is like zeroing in on the front door and i'm like girl no one's coming through that door it was literally just something passing by. Yep. And then coincidentally, right then, one of the cats jumps down from the cat tree and then she starts barking at the cat. And I'm like, you need 
to chill. Yeah. You need to That's what Dominic's like. Yeah, like when her hair was into when she gets into that high alert, it takes her a while to lately to kind of come down again. Yeah. Yeah. Or if God forbid there's like a knock or a doorbell on the TV. I was like, how many doorbells are in this one show? I felt like I was watching this one show. And I'm like, it's filled with like a bajillion people ringing doorbells. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. It was Slasher, by the way, season one, which I had to stop midway because the acting and story, like the writing was so terrible. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. It was painful. Like the plot had such great promise if only like the the casting the acting and the writing weren't so shitty Mm -hmm. and it's supposedly it's a canadian show a new season of it just came out so that's it came up on my netflix um like the ad for the new season which actually looks good so it looks like they kind of you know improved on the quality of their work but i'm one of those dweebs that when i start something i have to do it chronologically from the beginning like with the podcast with a show with anything I can't just yeah. do it midway, even though it's an anthology series. <laughs> it was the same way with American Horror Story. I was so late. I think I didn't hop into it until like season five, but I had to start from mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, yeah. And yeah, so anyway, Slasher, if you watch it, don't expect much. <laughs> and if you're a snob like me, you might not get through it. <laughs> <laughs> The main character is so clearly Australian, but she's supposed mm-hmm. to be Canadian. And all the time, there's like vowels that slip through that I'm like, girl, you Aussie. <laughs> and it just totally breaks that fourth wall for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, I digress. You continue. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't remember what I was saying before Domino started barking. I know I was talking about L- Jess. Oh, Jess, how um, you're going to focus more on podcasting? Yes, 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 yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) As we lose focus on our podcast. (laughs) Yes. That was a big reason. Yes, because I was having a hard time prioritizing everything. Yes. Because it Mm -hmm. was, there's just too many things that are important. And I initially was like, oh, well, it gets really slow at the store and that's easy for me to do social media and notes and things like that. But because I am who I am, I care too much. And so oftentimes I find myself at the store being like, well, this needs to get done. That needs to get done. You know, I, things you should do at a job. Just saying I'm going to find myself there, but yeah. It was previously something where I could allow myself to just kind of sit back more. Um, Anyway, Jess was like, yes, you need to be podcasting more. And so my goal for next year is to really expand on that. Um, Obviously with this one Mm -hmm. to actually stay on top of it. And then I decided I'm going to start my own second podcast just to do something different um which i'm still fleshing it out but i have a title Mm -hmm. domain 
I've like done the basic groundwork first. Yeah. Um, it'll be called Dark Insights. Ooh. And it's kind of a mixture of horror and horror adjacent topics as well as science. Love it. Um, and a little bit of mental health. Basically looking at like not just horror movies, but tropes in horror movies that you that others don't really talk about like for example Hmm. and i swear to god if anyone uses this now that i say it i'm gonna come after you but um (laughs) things like women in nightgowns and how prevalent that is in horror movies oh yes (laughs) specifically fighting for their lives yep and so i like i want to be able to talk about those movies and what i like about them but i also want to look at it from the perspective of you know, like a, having a psychologist on talking mm-hmm. about what that can also mean. Um, so that's not the best description of the whole idea that I have, but um, it's the beginning. And I definitely want to have crossovers with this podcast because Ooh, that'd be cool. I think it would fit. There's plenty mm-hmm. of topics that would fit. Um, and I, the idea is to have different people on each episode. You're definitely going to be asked to come on. Oh, Dang. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess I could. This is my formal <laughs> invite. No, that that sounds awesome. I'm so excited for you. I mean, Thanks. that just sounds like Laura as a podcast. Yeah. And I'm here for it. So whatever support you need from me, you got it. So Thank exciting. You. Yeah, I just... My goal is I want to be able to podcast enough and as much as I love it, I do want to make it a job eventually. That's my goal. I want to be able to make enough revenue from it that I can, at the very least, cut down my hours at like a real job. Mm -hmm. I can actually dedicate time to podcasting because it's what I really love. I... It's it's such a great industry and a great career. And also, honestly, when I first started The New Witches with my original co-host, um, River, um, a, lot of, a lot of people, um, I think, still, still remember her as, as Melanie, but um, mm-hmm. they've since gone by River now, um, which I like. I love that name. Mm-hmm. So cool. But uh, yeah, so when me and River were conceptualizing this show, like my, when I would dream of like what it could be, it was like, could I quit my job and just (laughs) do this? This is so fun. I would be so down if we were to get, if the podcast gets to that point where it's creating that kind of revenue, where I'd be comfortable doing that. Um, But yeah. It, it's and it also has just been so amazing to see the podcast growth in the yeah. three and a half years that we've been doing it. Yeah, I just want to keep seeing it grow. And we dropped the ball a little bit for a few months. Yes, but um, I think we're both committed to trying to pick it back up. Yeah, and yeah. dedicate more time to it again. I think it was, 
when breaks like that happen, I felt so bad. I want I so badly wanted to be able to communicate that like we're not gone. We it we want to be doing this. It's not a matter mm-hmm. of like, eh, put it on the back burner. We want to do this, but life just kind of happens in a way mm-hmm. where you have to step back. Yeah. And yeah. I, I kind of, I feel like I kind of didn't want to admit that, but like in my mind, I kept thinking, well, no, probably like next week we'll do something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We haven't talked yeah. about it, probably. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd be like, wait, it's a month later. What happened? <laughs> yep. Oh, it's been two months. Oh man. It's been three. <laughs> Five? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. That is my goal. I want to do this more and also i started offering readings yes like i mean i i did before as well but now a little bit more officially um tarot rune astrology readings so that's been really fun that's great thank you i'm very happy for you thank you and you're so great at that too. So it's like it's duh, it makes sense. <laughs> um, I really love doing it. Should we segue into our episode topic? At 40 minutes in, probably. <laughs> We're going to have to like <laughs> add in the episode notes and like our caption on Instagram. Like, if you don't want our catch up, our personal life catch up, <laughs> or if you apparently don't care about us in our personal lives whatever but skip to 40 minutes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we'll probably have to um but we're back and so figured we'd kick it off going right into a series that we have talked about for so long Mm -hmm. um which is tarot and for this one uh we'll just be focusing on cups and it's I'm so sorry. They're whining again. Um, Okay. We're going to go over each card in the cups family with a description, the symbolism in the card and a meaning. We're not going to get into like reverse meanings or like deep into meanings because Mm. this, this is mainly meant to spark the interest in you Mm -hmm. to research further. So that you have your own understanding of these cards. Because while each card in tarot has a, like, this is what it means sort of meaning. Mm-hmm. At the same time, these are tools for your intuition. So there are going to be some differences. Otherwise, what's the point in getting a reading from one versus one person versus another? Yeah. If it's the same thing. You could just get cards lay them out and then just go by the book but that's not what it's about so we're giving you a taste of each card a flight if you will a flight a flight of cups <laughs> <laughs> so um oh and for this in terms of the symbolism and uh pictures and whatnot we are going to be going by the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck mm-hmm um, mainly because I think it's it's consistent to be able to go that way. Most yeah. decks have been made off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, like, if you have a really beautiful deck, but, like, it doesn't have a whole lot of symbolism within it, maybe it's just, like, pretty flowers. Like, that's fine. But um, I feel like it's easier to use this deck or something similar to learn the cards. Yeah, and I've said it before a few times, but I got all caught up in, like, ooh, what kind of tarot deck should be my first deck and I chose this very beautiful but very minimal deck that was a tarot deck but it was based on the Victorian language of flowers so there would be a very minimal drawing of mm. a flower or herb or some sort of plant and yeah. that, the represent Victorian the Victorian language of flowers like symbolism of that aligned very closely to whatever the assigned tarot card was mm -hmm. to that and it was, I mean, it's gorgeous. And now I feel more confident in using it, but I could not see which way was up until I actually worked with a deck that was much closer to the Rider Waite Smith deck. Yeah. It just, it's a good foundation to work off of your, like build your knowledge on tarot. Yeah. And then from there, you know, you can delve into kind of like that more fun yeah stuff and start so making associations and your own meanings to certain cards um but yeah i think this is a really good spot for like if you're a beginner and you've wanted to delve into tarot rider Waite smith is what i always recommend or something that's very similar to it yeah and you can use it just for learning it does not have to be the deck that you continue to do readings with yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah so that's what we'll be using. We're not getting into reverse meanings because that's just, I feel Yikes. like it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> well, it would double the length of the episode own. for it one. It really would. Yeah. And two, it's also just like really rather subjective. Yeah. I think it's the most subjective part in tarot is reading reversals. And it's, I think that you really have to go off your intuition a lot of the times for that. And mm -hmm. not everyone reads reversals. I tend not to. Exactly. That's exactly I what I was going to say. I'm like, not, e not a lot. Of, a lot of people don't even acknowledge reversals. Yeah. I um, mean, that's your own personal choice, and that that's like something that you need to decide for yourself before going into a reading if you're actually going to acknowledge reversals or not. Um, yeah. I definitely took that off the table when I first started with tarot because I'm like, that just makes things way too complicated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So just a little, um, in a nutshell, cups. So it cups is one of the suits that you'll see in a tarot deck. Um, very similarly, if you have like a deck of playing cards, there's hearts, spades, diamonds, etc. So one of them in tarot is cups. Um, it's sometimes in um, certain decks referred to as chalices or goblets. Um, it's just always like a vessel of some kind that can contain a liquid. Mm -hmm. Usually that liquid is water for the most part, but it can be just any liquid really in the depiction. Um, and if you, speaking of playing cards, you can actually use a deck of playing cards as your tarot deck. And so if you are doing so, the um, suit of cups, it corresponds to the suit of hearts, which yeah. is, you know, it's the cups is associated with the element of water. So it kind of all ties together because water again, it's like 
your emotions, um, your emotional mm-hmm. journey, that internal world of yours obviously ties into the heart. So you can see where well, that ties in together. And hearts are a type of vessel because they do hold a liquid. Exactly. They just, you know, push it in and out a lot. Did you know that if you were to drain <laughs> all the blood from a heart, it's white? What? Yeah. It's really pretty. Does it only turn red once it reaches the lungs then? When it oxygenates? No, just as long as there's blood in it, it'll be red. But a heart, you got to look it up. Google heart. Wait, the color of the blood or the color of the heart? The color of the heart. Oh, I thought you meant the color of the blood. Okay, so interesting. It's the prettiest thing. I have to look at it right now because I like it. Um, So anyway, speaking of water, obviously, if you also kind of want to tie in um, your knowledge of astrology, uh, the suit of cups in tarot is associated with the astrological water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Um, So again, this is going to be a deck that speaks to emotions, your feelings, intuition, relationships, love yes or sometimes the lack thereof but it's always on that topic (laughs) tears we cry (laughs) so the meaning of the suit of cups um Mm -hmm. so obviously you just said they're associated with the element of water and if you think about water water is fluid it flows it's agile it carries life it embodies life there's life Mm -hmm. within it um it helps life survive. We can't live without water. Our planet is mostly water, um, it, but it's powerful. It can also drown out life. Mm-hmm. It can overtake life structures, anything. It can be gentle and stagnant, but it can also be extremely powerful and it can change seemingly without warning. And I say seemingly because as you know, water, it doesn't just go from stagnant to choppy there's always something you just may not know what it is Mm -hmm. like um tsunamis back in the day before they understood earthquakes and tsunamis you probably be like what is this water coming towards me why is it here now we know to look for it but (laughs) yes (laughs) um it's just it's deep it's mystical it's it's powerful and um there is like I, I do love the mystery aspect of water too. Yes, which also kind of ties into like how we know less about the ocean than we do yes. about the surface of the moon. Yeah, whole thing. It's it's a different world, and they the just discovered another ocean below the Earth's crust. Get the fuck out of here! What? Yeah. Um, I can't talk if we're already almost an hour in I could go I could talk about it for a while but yes it's that that's the thing no. that that's I feel like is water there is a, a deeper level than we even thought and that is a good example of describing water um, which as you just mentioned the moon the moon has an effect on our water and the moon mm-hmm. as we know also represents our inner thoughts and feelings in astrology and so there is, you can think of a connection between the moon and uh, cups. 
Yep. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good thing to keep in mind. So because there's that connection with the moon, the astrological moon, it can represent our emotionality, our feelings, intuition, relationships, as you said, healing, cleansing, Mm. um, imagination. And it also represents receptiveness and adaptability, intuitiveness, empathy, compassion, and just a general flow. 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 So what do cups mean in a reading? When, you know, if you're starting out doing like a three-card pull, what does that mean when you see cups? So when cups shows up in a reading, it can indicate a moment of thinking with your heart rather than your head. Mm-hmm. Um, it could also indicate um, impulsive responses or even like habitual reactions to situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, since it's linked to romanticism and as we said, imagination, there's always a possibility of unrealistic expectations or an overly emotional reaction. And that immediately makes me think of water signs. <laughs> mm, yes, truly. We've all um, known that water sign that as soon as they get drunk, they are sobbing. Yeah. I wore yep. the wrong shoes tonight. Yep. Um, I love you guys. It's I don't have a lick of water in me, so I feel like I can say that. That's <laughs> well, not true. For someone, I do have one. <laughs> for someone who has a water sign in her moon placement, yeah. Yes. Lots of feelings. Wait, you're rising too. Oh my God, yeah. I have a lot of water. Yeah, actually, my I think Jess told me that the my ruling planet is the moon. So yeah, this girl Mm -hmm. has got a lot of emotions. Um, Yeah. So don't. That's why I like I I couldn't uh, relate to Capricorn for so long because I'm like I'm so much more emotional than they describe Capricorns as, and you know, and that's why. Um, Yes. But yeah, so I mean, it's it depends on what card you pull, what cups card you pull um, during a reading. Uh, but it can either be, you know, something encouraging you towards feelings, towards that intuitiveness, or saying like, "Whoa, this is a little too much." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Additionally, repressed emotions can show up in cups, as well as feelings of being held back being unable to express yourself because obviously you got all those emotions going on. It's going to be healthy to express yourself um, and even creative blocks or emotional blocks. Yes. Um, and if your reading has mostly cups, if you're like, wow, this is cups and this is cups and here's cups, it could be an indicator of just being completely absorbed with emotion and not much logic or facts Um you know, like you're kind of like your head's in the clouds or you're living in a fantasy, you have unrealistic expectations. So when there's a ton of cups, it could be a warning sign of like, you're a little out of balance. Yeah. Um, And we weren't going to touch on reverse cups. And obviously we're not going to go card by card, but I will say reverse cups. If you do want to acknowledge that very generally speaking, that's where you'll most likely sense like blocks or repression or like those red flags warning signs about your feelings yeah well then let's let's get started at almost an hour in let's see Uh, probably take us another hour to get through them we have what 13 of these to get through (laughs) (laughs) 
it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. Let's start with the Ace of Cups. Um, and I will say, I didn't say it in the beginning, but if you have this deck of cards with you, by all means, take it out while Raider, listening to this. Raider Waite Smith, yeah. Because um, I am going to, I'm going to give a description of each card. We are. But um, it would be fun for you to look at it at the same time. So just putting that out there. So starting with the Ace of Cups. Um, in this, what we see is a hand kind of coming out of a cloud in the sky. And as it's palm open, holding a cup while a bird appears to be flying into it and dropping a holy wafer into the cup. It is made to look like the... Like a communion. Communion cookie. A Jesus. A Jesus. <laughs> a Jesus. Um, and a cup has five streams of water overflowing into a body of water below. And in that water, we see lily pads and water lilies floating on the surface. So that's generally the description. I will also mm -hmm. say the sky in this is gray. And we are going to touch on color meanings in these decks because they have meanings too. Um, so give me just a second because Domino's <laughs> whining her little butt off that I feel like something got stuck. Oh, so one second. I will cut this out of the podcast. So going into the symbolism in this card, this is really where you can, if you can train your brain to look at the symbolism in each of these cards, interpreting them in a reading is going to come much easier. So. In this, there are some pretty blatant Christian symbols, which you'll see that throughout the entire deck. There, there's Christianity touched upon this deck. You don't have to. I'm sorry. I'm, I feel myself being out of breath while trying to talk. <laughs> um, you don't have to read them as Christian symbols, but the people who developed the deck and who, you know, talked with the artist, did put them in there. So I feel like you have to at least acknowledge that. So the hand in this card, as well as any of the ace cards, ace of wands, um, etc., they're generally accepted to be God's hand. But you can also, if you are not religious like me, I look at it more as like the universe presenting mm -hmm. something figuratively. Yeah, so, whatever higher power you might associate with. Exactly. Um, I will say this hand, while it appears in all of the ace cards, does pop up in a couple others. So mm -hmm. just keep that meaning in mind of, of like, the universe giving you something. Mm -hmm. The hand offering something suggests an opportunity for you to take if you choose. So this hand is truly an opportunity. Most accept that the bird in the card is a dove, which was considered a spiritual messenger until Christianity turned them into a sign of hope. So there is a little bit of um, change in the meaning there, but either one would work. The water lilies symbolize self-love and self-care, and the five streams of water are said to symbolize the five senses. Finally, Cards will have one of three colors typically in the sky. Um, light blue, bright blue, yellow, or gray. 
So keep an eye on the, the background of these cards. In this case, the gray sky indicates um, sadness, unhappiness, need for fulfillment, gloom, etc. And in this case, you are essentially being given an opportunity to leave that behind because this is the Ace of Cups, emotional fulfillment. It's giving you all of this, you know, hope and mm -hmm. potential potential your five senses essentially your whole being in this cup if you choose to go on that journey so the meaning of the ace of cups is basically the beginning of something it's an inspiration and as i just said an opportunity being the ace of cups we know it means it's in regard to our emotional life but it can also mean you need to call on your subconscious self to find your path forward. So if you are going through something and you're like, I just need some guidance and you pull the Ace of Cups, it could be telling you that what you need to move forward is to really get in tune with yourself. Uh, it can also indicate the beginning of a spiritual awareness. So keep that in mind. Um, kind of depends on what your question is, whatever's going on that's leading you to your to your tarot pool. Mm -hmm. um, it can also indicate a new relationship coming into your life or even self-love. Just depends. But that's kind of a very broad uh, summary <clears throat> of the meaning. And on to two of cups. Um, so in this card, what we're seeing is a masculine presenting person um, standing opposite of a feminine presenting person. They're each holding a cup or a goblet. And the masculine character has a hand outstretched towards the female's cup um, and also appears to be taking a step towards her. Um, above them is, um, oh my gosh, these caduceus of Hermes, um, which basically is a staff with like the two snakes that are wrapping around it um, and then wings coming from the backside, if you've seen any like vet or medical office, like this yes. symbolism is often associated with the medical field. Um, but that's fun fact. That's the name of that symbol, um, a caduceus of Hermes. Um, so in this image, there is also a lion head on the top of the staff, though. So you don't always see that. <laughs> in the <laughs> background are some hills with a home atop them. And the sky is blue. So the symbolism in this, two, in, in this card, there's two people. And they're meant to represent a duality coming together over a shared resource. Now, they're meant to be opposites, hence one masculine, one feminine. And this could be seen as two coming together over a mutual goal or understanding. Adding to this is the caduceus of Hermes, under which an oath is meant to be sacred. The caduceus is also similar to the rod of a slept. Uh, Aslepius, which is the symbol of medicine, as I said. So it's going to look really sim similar to that symbol of medicine that you've probably often seen in the peripheral, maybe haven't fully noticed yeah. or known what its, you know, meaning or origin was. This, um, but the uh, Aslepius um, has just one snake swirling around the staff and no wings, and the associated deity is connected to healing. So in this case, Hermes is associated with communication. Now, the hills can represent obstacles to overcome, 
um, the timing of which is dependent on how far away the hills seem to be. Mm-hmm. The slope of the hills can also indicate how difficult or easy the obstacle may be. And lastly, um, homes can represent home and family life. And it sits atop your potential obstacle. So perhaps it won't be that bad. Um, again, as I said, the sky is light blue. So this indicates happiness. This is, you know, I've got positive vibes going. So the, you know, in a nutshell meaning to two of cups is partnerships, especially new ones based on mutual feelings, ideas, inspiration, etc. Like some new relationships, things are flowing and it's felt equally on both ends. Mm-hmm. Now the three of cups, um, I've always loved this one and I feel like it's very fall. So I'll get into why it's fall. <laughs> we see three uh, female presenting individuals who appear to be dancing in a circle and each is holding a cup towards the center of their circle. Their hair is adorned with flowers and there appear to be some vegetation, flowers and vegetables growing on the ground of which they appear to look like pumpkins. Totally. I'm going to say those, those are gourds. They're those gourds. are definitely of the gourd varietals. <laughs> yep. And the sky in this is light blue. So the three women seem to be in celebration and it's, it's meant to kind of mirror Sandro Botticelli's three graces or charities. And in that painting, the three graces, um, I'm going to butcher their names a little bit, so I apologize. <laughs> um, Thalia, Aglaia, and Euphrosyne. Euphrosyne. There you go. They represented charm, beauty, nature, human creativity, goodwill, and fertility. So the similarity could indicate a celebration of abundance in any of these areas or simply have a reason to celebrate. It's difficult to tell exactly what the vegetables or even fruit might present um might be present obviously we know in the forefront is like a pumpkin or gourd but there's other vegetation in the back the main idea is that whatever these are they're all ready for harvest um so that goes with the theme of abundance and the flowers that they have they're usually worn in their in the hair by people celebrating so they are celebrating abundance I also like to look at it as sisterhood because it's three, three women. Yeah. They appear to be women. So the meaning behind this, obviously, celebration, as well as sister or brotherhood or whatever. Is there a gender neutral term for sisterhood or brotherhood? Um, siblinghood. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. Um, Hoodism. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. I don't know. There needs, <laughs> sure. If someone knows the gender neutral term for that, please let me know because mm-hmm. I, I'd like to know. Kinship. Um, that. Kinship. There we go. Yeah. Kinship. Um, it also can mean friendship, a collaboration. And when you get it, it's not indicating a surface level relationship. There is something deeper there. It's not necessarily romantic but it's a closeness akin to a lifelong social group 
Um, it may call on you to begin a collaboration, especially creative, or simply may mean you need to reach out to your friend group. Yeah. Your community, your village. Yeah. All right. This one, <laughs> this is, a, I don't know, it's visually, I always like chuckle when I see this just because we got that universe hand here, but we move on to the four of cups. So we have a masculine presenting individual, um, and he is sitting uh, crisscross applesauce <laughs> atop a small hill, uh, just right under a tree, like at the base of a tree, very, um, Newton of him. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, at the immediate distance with his back leaning against the tree, his arms are crossed. He's looking down at three cups that are sitting on the ground in front of him, but there's a fourth cup being offered by a small hand extending from some clouds in a light blue sky. So there's that same, um, mm -hmm. like universal higher power presence as an ace of cups. I like that. It's smaller. It reminds me, it makes me think that the hand is going. Yeah. I think that's like why it's so funny. Cause like in ace of cups, it's like big. It's taking up most of the space of the card. Yeah. And here it's just like a little like sup dude. Yeah. Or like almost like cheers. <laughs> Hello. So once again, um, an opportunity is being offered similar to Ace of Cups, but the person on the card isn't looking at the cup in the sky. So he's not really noticing the hand. He's too busy looking at these other cups, the three that are in the foreground. So this is to symbolize a need to look around at your surroundings. There's something that you're missing. Additionally, the hill symbolizes an obstacle. But as he's sitting on the hill, it seems the obstacle is occurring presently. So a main image um, is the tree, which symbolizes knowledge. It has in many, like across many cultures. Um, and again, the sky is a light blue. So it could mean that this is an easy opportunity to see or to seize. Um, new opportunities are presenting themselves to you, but you're hesitant to accept them. And that's okay. So when you get this card, consider what may be causing you um, pause and trust your own judgment. Don't be afraid to say no if it truly doesn't align with your values. So it's basically just kind of take stock of your surroundings. Maybe it's take, take into account your feelings. Um, there's just something that you kind of, that needs, that is, needs drawing attention to. Yeah. I also feel like sometimes when I've gotten that card, I look at it a little differently in that like almost like he's he's just needs to look over his shoulder and could have a moment of like, ah, there, mm -hmm. I needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we move to the five of cups, which never looks like a pretty cup or a pretty card to get. <laughs> it this, definitely has a very ominous <laughs> feel to it. Fairy. Uh, we see the sky is gray, which always lets us know it's maybe not the happiest of cards. Um, but we see an individual kind of from behind in a black cloak, and they're standing looking down at the ground. In front of them, there's three cups that appear to have been knocked down and their contents spilled. Um, and it kind of looks like two of them maybe had some red in them, one of them had some some like yellow so we're mm -hmm. not really sure what was in them 
Um, but behind them are two upright cups. And then we see in the distance a castle-like building on um, like the other side of a river. And there is like a little bridge in the back. So there is an apparent place to cross over to that castle. Mm -hmm. So the individual in black represents sadness or grief. The placement of the cups and they're looking at the spilled cup symbolize focusing on the negative, bad luck, or disaster while your remaining um, typo <laughs> while your remaining look, luck or good fortune is still behind you. The building on the other side of the stream represents home and safety and the stream could be an obstacle or even opportunity to cross possibly symbolizing that you simply need to refill your cups to reach happiness again. Being that it's a stream of water, it could mean some emotional release or sadness may be necessary in order to move forward. And the black cloak would symbolize grief or hidden emotions, usually a signal that we want to be left alone or hidden away. And then the gray sky further lets us feel the impact of the sadness, but also that the first sign of a cloud could mean very much needed rain. Um, and finally, the bridge. We see rivers and lakes and whatnot in other Cups cards, mm -hmm. but the fact that this has a bridge is much more of a symbol that you can cross this. Yeah. You can get to the other side. So the meaning behind this card, while it feels so deep and despairing, it just indicates something didn't turn out the way you wanted or you're in a phase of sadness. You're going over what went wrong and why, as well as what you could have done differently. And while this is completely valid, this is telling you, be careful not to be stuck here. Um, it's not necessarily serving you to be stuck. So it's kind of giving you a little push to release it because there is that reminder you still have full cups. You have a river in front of you to refill these cups and you have a bridge to get over and move to your home, to a stable um, place in life. So I, I, I don't necessarily see it as sad, but more of a encouraging, it's okay, it's okay you are where you are right now, but you're okay. Mm -hmm. All right, six of cups. Um, this one is rather brightly colored in contrast to the five of cups. So this card is set against a light blue sky. We see two children. There's a feminine presenting child and a slightly older masculine presenting child bundled in warm clothing in a village, uh, in like a village courtyard of sorts in front of a castle that kind of looks homey. The boy quote unquote is holding a large cup with a white flower sticking out of, out of the top of it and appears to be sniffing the flower while slightly leaning over as if inviting the younger girl to smell the flower as well. So behind him is a stone courtyard with a guard in the distance and a cup filled with white flowers on a nearby pillar with an X inscription. In the forefront are four additional cups, each filled with white flowers as well. So the symbolism in this card, the children in this card easily symbolize innocence and youth, um, definitely like potential could possibly sim symbolize a need to connect with your inner child, mm -hmm. depending on your 
inquiry or your intention set um, for the card pull, it could also indicate that the answer lies in your past. The white flowers further symbolize a sense of innocence or even purity and love. Um, and more specifically, the flower has five pointed petals, um, but it's not clear what kind of flower it's meant to be, though the shape is most reminiscent of a star. The setting of this symbolizes community and could indicate needing support. The building being so close in the background represents a close home life and security with the addition of community. So the X on the pillar, this is a little bit ambiguous. It could be like X marks the spot, or it could hint at the upcoming 10 of cups, which also mm -hmm. includes two children as well as two parents. And finally, we have the light blue sky again, which is happiness. So the meaning of this card. When you pull this, it can indicate harmony and cooperation in your relationships, but also um, with your inner child. Maybe you've been connecting with them, or this could be suggesting that you should. It may also be more literal in that you need to revisit places and people from your childhood. This definitely is has a very like ch the childlike quality, like the child. Whenever you see children in in tarot, it's you know that's another thing that we didn't really touch on, but like the age of people yeah. is also definitely very relevant. Um, yeah. So then the Seven of Cups, um, which I will say is an interesting one. I'll get into that in as I get to the symbolism and description. But in this one, we see an individual that has their back facing us. So they just look like a dark individual. We don't know anything about them. Um, and they are looking at this card. So we see clouds those gray clouds so kind of opportunity not being given on a hand but gray clouds against a blue sky and there's seven cups sitting on this cloud so each cup holds a different item and we see a head a snake castle jewels crown of laurel a dragon and a shrouded individual with their arms stretched out to the side and they appear to be glowing so the symbolism in this first and foremost is the person in this has no distinguishable features. Um, basically, this is to take the focus off of them. Yes, it's about a person, but that's not what you're meant to really look at. The blue sky in this is brighter or darker, depending on your how you look at it in the deck. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a different blue than the other blue skies. And this signifies your deeper subconscious um, that's being called out. Or that you're meant to reach into. Now for the items, this is where, depending on where you look up meanings, people have different ideas as to what these represent. But Arthur Edward Waits, you know, the person behind the deck, <laughs> described these, um, these cups as uh, chalices of vision. And so these items are not literally showing up. They're not literally these things, but they could be very well be appearing in one's subconscious. And each item in a cup signifies forms of pleasure, and you're being asked to choose one. So the head symbolizes a person, a friend, partner, potential relationship, a teacher, um, something like that. 
Their crown of laurel symbolizes achievement or even possible fame, recognition. Recognition's a big one. The glowing shrouded person might actually symbolize a ghost. So you can take it to mean it's um, mysticism or a paranormal clarability. The snake symbolizes transformation. The castle symbolizes home and safety, just as it does through the entire deck. <laughs> um, the jewels are wealth, material needs, financial security. And the dragon, that's a little bit more ambiguous. Um, but it could represent a need for figuratively lighting a fire under your butt. As the but mystic it could also would say. Mean, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But it could also signify a desire for passion and power. Um, now, the meanings, typical meanings include like illusions, wishful thinking, choices and opportunities. It calls on caution usually so as not to be sw swayed by your ego in what you choose. But let's remember Arthur's meanings behind this. These are not literal items. They are meant to symbolize certain things. Um, so if you want to look, take that meaning of illusion, go for it. I personally don't because it's not, it's really not an illusion. It's an interpretation. And I like to look at it as a choice of self growth options. All right. Eight of cups. Now in this card, um, though we have another bright blue sky, what we're seeing is an individual, walking away from their eight cups, which are um, across from a small body of water. Kind of looks like a rocky ocean, could be a lake, but um, some sort of small body of water um, and, are at, and they're at the forefront of the card. The setting appears to be some tide pools at a beach with some rock formations midway in the background and in the sky is the sun being eclipsed by the moon. So the symbolism in this card, the figure has their back turned to us, the viewer, um, and is walking away from their neatly stacked cups as if they're, they've completed the task and they can now move on. Interestingly, the moon is not only a waning moon, but it's also a lunar eclipse. As they're beginning a trek elsewhere, they're relying on moonlight to see their path. There's an abundance of blue in the card in both the ocean and the sky. And this is associated with working through subconscious processes. Um, and our figure is draped in red robes, indicating action and passion. This person isn't walking away reluctantly. They're doing so with a purpose. It's worth noting the high level of yellow as well, as it can be associated with the uh, superconscious or highest level of consciousness. Um, pair that with the subconscious and you can see that there's a lot going on in this card. Mm -hmm. So what is its meaning? Traditional meanings for the eight of cups um, include disappointment, abandonment, withdrawal, escapism. Um, and many will support this as the cups are aligned in a way in which it looks like there's a cup missing because um, there's like five on the bottom and three up top, but the three aren't mm -hmm. like spaced evenly. There's like two to the left and then a space where it looks like there could be a ninth cup and then the eighth mm -hmm. cup is actually there. 
So perhaps this can be seen as a perceived disappointment when in reality, you've built yourself to exactly where you need to be and it's time for you to just move on. You haven't failed. Your alignment is just off. Yeah. I always liked that. Yeah. That card. I always thought it was like, all right, he stacked them and he's like, well, time for me to go. I also, when this card comes up, I've had like a, you know, because again, we have like that blue sky. So it's like, again, like supposed to be kind of happy-ish. But then you hear words like disappointment, abandonment, withdrawal. All those will sound negative. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you or if you're giving somebody a reading, whoever is this reading is for, um, it's like taking stock of like, like don't sell yourself short kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. definitely like you've completed something and you're moving on to the next thing. There's this dissatisfaction. But it's like reminding you like, hey, like, look at what you have done. Like there's this moment of like having some self-awareness or some self-appreciation that is called out in this card for me, at least. No, and I completely agree, especially with having the um, the the eclipse in the background. Mm -hmm. That always feels like such a special thing. And to be Mm -hmm. like, well, that happened and I stacked my cups and I'm walking away. I just feel like there's there's importance in that. There's you did a big thing and you do need to take stock. So I agree yeah. with you completely. Now, moving on to a very happy looking card. <laughs> we have the 9 of cups and in this it's very simple. We see a man in um, a white robe and a red hat. He's sitting on a bench. His arms are crossed and not like angry cross like he's happy he's content and he's sitting in front of nine cups that are displayed on a blue semicircle display um and the background in this is yellow like bright yellow 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 so before getting into any symbolism let's focus on this being a nine Mm. right so we've done numerology but in all suits nine indicates completion And this man is clearly proud of himself and all of his cups. Like he's literally sitting there like, look at me, my cups. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of almost feels like he's sitting in front of a trophy display. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I did. I wrote my notes here. You know that that meme? Look at look at bats. (laughs) Freaking love love bats. bats. I love bats. Freaking love bats. It's like he's saying that, but about his cups. So as well as completion, this is when you find out how your efforts have been judged. So since he's so happy, you can infer that his judgment was positive. And bringing it back to nine again, it's important, I think, to note that the ninth major arcana card is the hermit. Now, oftentimes people associate that card with solitude and loneliness, but that's just not true. Hermit's very happy. Both individuals are at the peak, at their peak, and they're fulfilled. What they share is a personal experience that isn't shared with others. Now, the colors in this, firstly, our man here, his white robes, they represent a passivity and innocence, while red represents action and passions. So it's fair to say that this indicates a balance between the two that most likely led to this completion. 
A similar connection can be made with the blue display and yellow background. The cups are sitting on a color that indicates the subconscious, um, which is complex and deep, while the yellow background indicates an action-packed energy and the highest level of consciousness. And to go a step further, the red of his hat can reference the conscious mind and will. And all three are needed for big movements forward in life. So the meaning from this, pretty easy. Contentment, satisfaction, um, gratitude even, and a wish that came true. All right, we're nearing the end of our journey here. This one's a very happy one, the Ten of Cups. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this one, this one's a fun one. So just as the Nine of Cups felt very happy, this is very happy and celebratory. We've got lots of colors going on here. So in this one, we see a family of four. Two parents, half embraced with opposite arms, outstretched towards the sky, and two children dancing next to them. Um, in the sky, we see the Ten of Cups arched across the sky, seemingly along with a rainbow. In the distance, we see some low hills with a river or creek and a home um, surrounded by trees. So let's start with the rainbow. Symbolism of this. So it's actually only pink, blue, and yellow, but we know this deck doesn't use all the colors. Um, in tarot, mm -hmm. a rainbow represents wishes come true, abundance, or simply a happily ever after. This is set against a light blue sky, which emphasizes happiness. And the house in the near distance symbolizes stability and safety and quite literally a home where you'd most uh, be comfortable and where your deepest desires and secrets live paired with these low hills. We see that though it's not immediately available to us, it's close and easily attainable. Mm -hmm. The children tend to represent promise as they're young and full of hope. It's clear that this card is a true celebration of hard work and fulfillment. So the meaning, happiness, joy, harmony, alignment, emotional contentment, especially in relationships. Um, what's more is this amazing feeling is something you're able to share with others. Yeah. You're surrounded by love and loved ones there to celebrate you and to hold you up. You can also look at this as wholeness and completion. Um, very often the 10 of, of any of the suits is kind of like the completion of, of a journey. Yeah. Definitely um, a, a lot of emotional fulfillment. Yeah. Here. Absolutely. So that's kind of, that's ace through, through 10. But mm -hmm. now we get into the court cups. Mm -hmm. um, so our first court card is the page of cups. Um, in this, we see a young boy standing in front of, it looks like flowing water. He's holding a cup and there's a little blue fish sticking out of it. The page is wearing a blue hat reminiscent of a fish. Like it's got a very interesting design to it. It does. Um, <laughs> and medieval clothing, which is kind of what they wore back when there were pages. A tunic, if you will. And uh, we see blue and red in this design. Um, there's like red and white flowers. And he appears to be like smiling at the fish kind of. Kind of like, hey there, fish. 
and the sky is um, kind of gray and cloudless. So no clouds. So get into the symbolism first off. Oh, what the hell is a page? All right. I wasn't entirely sure what a page was. I had an idea. I had to look it up. But a page was a young male attendant to a nobleman, like a governor, a knight, etc. A lord. And until <laughs> the age of about seven, sons of noble families would receive training in manners and basic literacy from their mothers or other female relatives and would then serve as a page for about seven years after that. They would run messages. Um, they would serve whatever person or family. Um, they would do cleaning. They would clean their clothes, their weapons. They would learn the basics of combat. I'm sorry, I burped. And at age 14, <laughs> the young noble could graduate from a page and become a squire. And by age 21, could perhaps become um, a knight. There's a meaning in that, obviously, because we mm -hmm. know it comes after the page. Yep. So all that being said, this young page um, is between 7 and 14. So we know he's, he's a young little boy. And he's by himself in this. And he's seemingly quite happy and hopeful. And while we know the water is a symbol of emotion, the fish is essentially a creature of the water. It lives in the water. It flows through the water. It flows against it, depending on the type of fish. Um, and the page may have scooped up some water in this cup and the fish along with it, basically meaning a sign of good fortune and abundance. So what are the chances you scoop up some water and there's a fish? Yeah. Right? So he's smiling at the fish could mean that he recognizes the probability of scooping up a fish and is aware that he like struck gold with this. His floral outfit lets us know he's definitely working for a noble family. He's being well taken care of and is well balanced as noted by the coloring. The flowers themselves indicate growth and a final note about the gray sky. It gives us pause because we know gray doesn't usually indicate happiness, um, but the rest of the card is quite positive. So you can infer that this symbolizes great luck at a time of low probability. So it's kind of like if you get, the, as I'm about to go into the meaning, but it could mean that like if you're going through something and you get the page, it could be like a turning point. A turning of the page. Mm. Oh, I see oh. what you did there. I did. Where's I did that, that. Boom, boom, of the soundboard? <laughs> Wait. Now, other meanings for this is curiosity, possibilities, your intuition. Um, it keep, tells you to keep an open mind and remain curious. Listen to your intuition and explore what opportunities present themselves to you, even if they seem absurd, like a fish in a cup. I don't know. Maybe that <laughs> maybe that fish was telling him secrets out of the cup and the page is like, oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so after the page comes the Knight of Cups. We're keeping things very historically accurate here. Um, so in this card, we have a knight in armor um, who sits on a pale gray horse and he's holding a cup. The guy, not the horse. Um, his <laughs> helmet is open and so you can see his face um, and adorned with wings as are his shoes and his frock is covered in 
Oh, red fish. Behind him is a mountain, river, and sand, and the sky is light blue. So the symbolism in this card, um, the court defender, knights are action-oriented and further in their journey as they're completed their time as a page. While they have enough experience under their belt to know what they're doing, they don't yet have the wisdom that a queen or a king may have. Another way to look at it is that they don't see the bigger picture as they don't know all the necessary information. Now, our knight is also a messenger, as noted by the wings on his helmet and shoes. Remember Hermes, god of mm-hmm. communication. Um, and he's on his way to deliver uh, this cup. And it's um, implied that it's the cup from the Ace of Cups card. And he's delivering what was promised by that cup. Now, the fish on his clothes, um, they continue to be present as a symbol of deep emotion and abundance. The distant mountains represent either something we need to endure or something we endured already. In this case, he's moving towards it. Finally, the river is indicative of a body of water, obviously, emotion, um, that is quick moving and rushes things away. So perhaps have some caution. Now, the meaning... The knight is kind, caring, compassionate, and understanding towards others because he has learned to understand his own feelings and emotions. He's further in his journey and has become a romantic. While the page is about listening to yourself, the knight is about taking action. And that's kind of, you know, consistent with all the knights. Knights is always kind of like a very actionable card. Um, This is the time to explore your ideas, your passions without trying to reach an end point. Um, it's about the journey, not an end goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, like having not so much having your eyes on the prize, being not being too hyper focused on what the um, ends are and more just, you know, mm-hmm. enjoying the ride. Literally, he's on a horse, so. Yeah, and I always saw that too as like maybe a knight has somewhat of an end goal. It's his personal end goal, but like he's in service to a king or queen who Mm -hmm. they're in charge of a whole kingdom. They've got multiple knights doing multiple things and they know the end goal. He's just playing his part. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see that in like some movies where a knight gets all like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to save the day. And then the king and king or queen is like, you don't fucking know what's going on. <laughs> just, you just do what you need to do. Knights are definitely, you know, associated with bravery. So yeah. that's also like kind of a call to action to kind of be brave and almost like be, be a little adventurous. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Go on a crusade mm-hmm. of death. Just kidding. <laughs> of feelings. <laughs> yeah, I guess this one isn't one of the explore your feelings. There you go. So then we move on to the Queen of Cups. So in this card, we see the queen. She's sitting on her throne, but she's on like the edge of a seashore. Because there's like the shore, there's like some seashells, colorful seashells at her feet, and water kind of coming right up to her feet. She's gazing into this really ornate cup, and it's implied that she's scrying. 
She's looking for answers and divining the future from this cup. The cup is closed. So we know it's very different, like I said, ornate. Um, basically, this is a special cup. And on her throne, we see some cherubs in the design. So we all know what a queen is. We don't really need to describe what a queen is, right? So what a queen represents in tarot is she's typically a wide age range. Like we kind of know the page is that childhood into your preteen years. And then the night is from, you know, whatever age on. So early adulthood. So she's kind of like early to mid adulthood, kind of like you've, you've gotten into your groove in life. She mm -hmm. embodies the quote unquote feminine energy of nurturing and caring for others, striving for a more sustainable approach to life and provides nourishment and sustenance that will keep her ideas and actions going. She gently and subtly influences without um, her ideas and I skipped a line. <laughs> oh, and sustenance that will keep her ideas and actions going. So she gently and subtly influences without being seen to be too pushy or domineering and can therefore be seen as the most powerful because they influence Queen's influence without anyone really knowing. Um, all this being said, this does not need to indicate a female as these qualities can and do exist in men as well. Mm -hmm. um, think of it more as moon energy versus feminine energy. Moon energy is something we all have access to. It's a part of all of us. So I think I've mentioned that before just to kind of get away from gendered language yeah. in it. Um, but she's also encouraging to keep to, for you to keep going and to trust yourself. Now, speaking of moon energy, her cup, like I said, is different. It's closed. So this indicates that her thoughts and feelings are hidden and internal, much like your moon sign. And this mm -hmm. particular cup can be seen as a um, saborium. And in Catholicism, that is the cup that holds the Eucharist or symbol of the new covenant. For non-religious folk, we can consider it the essence and secrets of life. So think like a zombie or a vampire needing it for life. Yeah, Jesus was a zombie. Yeah, slash a <laughs> vampire. I don't know. He was like a... A little hybrid. Another word people use. Yeah. He was, he was, he was something. <laughs> so as I said, she's on the edge of a seashore, right? So the ocean, which is this body of water, symbolizes a deep emotional depth, but we're not in it. We're just at the edge of it. Um, it's mysterious. It's full of life. Um, it could be seen as really powerful, kind of scary. She's taking in this power as she does her scrying. If you look closely, you'll see a house far in the distance. That doesn't mean we're far away from stability, but rather so deep in our intuition that it's far away from the material world. And mm -hmm. the cherubs let us know she's reached a divine level 
of intuition as doing, she's doing some deep work, really maximizing her potential. So this card, if you get it in a meeting, reading, it encompasses nurturing, caring, compassionate, and sensitive energy. And it lets you know that your compassion has deepened, your intuition has blossomed, and you've mastered the ability to really hold space for others. Your intuition and creativity are at their peak and people trust you as your empathy really just envelops them. It tells you to trust your intuition and pay attention to your feelings and emotions. And the queen is all about leading with your, or I should say this queen in particular, is about leading with your heart. And she wants you to listen to your intuition. Be all about it. And we're reaching the end here, folks. Last but not least, we have the King of Cups. So we see in this card um, a king. He's wearing garbs of red, blue, and yellow. He's sitting on a throne with a cup in one hand and a scepter in the other. Unlike the queen, his throne is in the middle of the choppy sea. So not on the edge. He's in it. Yet he looks really calm and a little stern. We can see a ship in the distance and a dolphin jumping out of the water. Cute. But we, what we didn't note in the last card was the light blue sky. This card has a gray sky, just like the Ace of Cups. So symbolism in this card, kings are considered to be the most mature of the court cards as they've traveled through life successfully and are now at the pinnacle of experience and understanding. Thus, the kings represent the fully developed personalities of each of the suits. In this case, our king here represents a master of emotion, creativity, and the unconscious. He's unfazed by the choppy waters because of this. The colors of his robes let us know that he's ready to show the world what he's been working on. Ships symbolize journeys, um, and with this on choppy waters can um, imply that a journey is a foot amongst our subconscious. Now the dolphin um, or fish is our final reminder of spiritual awareness as we've mastered this step of our emotions. So when you get this card, it'll represent mastery over the realms of emotion, creativity, and the unconscious. This means you've gained control of your feelings without allowing them to drown you. While you've been on a journey of feeling your emotions and listening to your intuition, you're now at a point of holding them and making decisions based on them, but not because of them. Uh, Impulse control. (laughs) The queen (laughs) listened to those around her. The king is offering advice. So think the peak of emotional maturity. This could also mean that you're not quite at this point, but need to work to get there for your own sake. Yeah. What a suit. What a suit. And that is the suit of cups and tarot, y'all. We did it. We did it. I feel like cups is always a pretty positive suit to get, no matter which one you get. It's not like swords 
there are a number of cards like cards in the in that suit where I'm like, mm. holy fuck. <laughs> Honestly, swords are my least favorite. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. They're a doozy. <laughs> they're you're definitely a doozy. But cups, I wanted to start with them because because of that. They they are mostly pretty positive mm-hmm. and encouraging. Yeah. So I feel ready to do a tarot reading for myself of only cups. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cups is definitely one. It's so funny because it's like my sun being an earth sign and then my moon and rising placements both being water. Whenever I do a reading for myself, I always get cups and discs or like coins. Yeah. Which we'll get to in a different part, you know, in the next part of our series or upcoming series when we get to coins. But um, uh, spoiler alert, coins symbolize Earth. So it's just like, yeah, it's interesting. Um, And then it's always like, um, you know, it'll be balanced with some other things. Like I never get swords or whatever other one I'm not remembering right now. Wands. Wands, thank you. And I'm like, sticks. 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 Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I love cups. Cups is a great, yeah. I think, entry suit to go over with, with tarot. Yeah. Um, see, when I do readings for myself, I tend to get a lot of swords. Mm. It's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. But I think what would be fun, um, because we love our Patreon members, they have stuck with us through our break um is the next suit that we do uh we'll post on our page and let you guys vote on which one you want to hear next obviously we're gonna get to all of them but if you're like hurry the fuck up do this one next if you're a patreon member you can vote and if you want to vote but you're not a member you can always sign up Yes, please check us out. Patreon.com slash the new witches. You can support the podcast there. Access a bunch of fun resources and exclusive perks for our Patreon members. Um, and to those who are already a Patreon member, thank you so much for supporting us and also for just like hanging in there, even in our like more like inactive <laughs> periods. Um we always want to give back to you guys because it's like, oh my God, you guys are putting your like hard-earned money to us. You like us that much. Yeah. And it means the world to us. I mean, there's so many different ways to support the podcast. Monetary ways aren't the only way, but it's definitely such a meaningful way. And as, you know, Laura and I say, like, we we want this to we would love for this to be eventually our full-time jobs. And that helps us get a little yeah. closer. So thank you to each and every one of you. And if you're interested, again, that that link is uh, patreon.com slash the new witches. Yes. And, if, and oh, go oh, ahead. <laughs> I just was going to say one thing that I've been trying to keep up with the last couple months here is our newsletter. And uh, just yeah. for those who are not Patreon members, an idea of what is in the newsletter. Um, usually we talk a little bit of uh, astrological events, anything that's happening like this last um, this month that we've been in. 
we've there's a couple eclipses that are going on so we talk a little bit about that we offer some bonuses in this case this month we i offered two tarot spreads for you to try um you get a monthly tarot reading we talk about a highlighted herb um and do a rune pool so that's just a little taste of what was in in this month's newsletter um other mm -hmm. months have included uh, spells, recipes, mm -hmm. things like that. So Good there's stuff. definitely more info there that we don't discuss other places. So just so you know. Yep. And um, hey, if you can't afford Patreon, which is a-okay, but you want to support the podcast, different ways of doing that is you can follow us on social media. We are at the new witches pretty much everywhere. Um, and you could uh, subscribe and review our podcast on whatever listening platform you are um, hearing us through. We definitely appreciate those reviews um, and just hearing feedback from you guys and getting those subscribes obviously definitely helps our ratings numbers. Hopefully we can use that to get some sponsorships. Yes. Yep. So help us grow the pod. That's another great way to helping us grow the podcast is just helping us out with our, our numbers. Um, and we also just love to hear from you guys. So, yeah, yeah. that is our show. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, th also, thank you to those who actually listened to all 40 minutes of us just like catching up. But hey, it's yeah. been quite a few <laughs> months. We had a lot to catch up on and want to let you guys know what we've been up to and what we are um, looking forward to. Um, yeah. So again, thank you so much. And um, I'm Maria. I'm Laura. And we're the new witches. Stay witchy. <laughs> Keep it creepy. It's been so long since I've done our outro. I'm rusty. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said keep it witchy. And I'm like, oh, no, you're going to fuck it up, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye, folks. <laughs> bye. <laughs>